you that you're just as much the healer today as you've ever been. Father, you've not diminished or reduced the desire and the power to heal, Father. And so, Father, if you're still the healer today, then we receive the healing power of God in our lives. We choose to walk in divine health, free from sickness and disease, Father. Father, free from all of the, the maladies, whatever pandemic or epidemic or any kind of raging sickness, Father, we choose not to participate. Father, we have the greatest immunity, Father, not because of our physical bodies, but because of our spiritual life with you. So, Father, we thank you for these things. Lord, we give you praise and honor for them, Father, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Is the Lord good? Amen. He is good. Amen. Uh, and uh, he is the healer uh, that can and will. Amen. And that's really half the struggle sometimes for the church is remembering uh, that not only he can, but he will. And, and, of course, you remember the story with the leper that came to Jesus. And so, Lord, if thou canst, thou, thou can make me, well, make me whole or make me well. What was the response of Jesus? He said, I will be thou whole, amen. So uh, if uh, a person who was not a member of the household of God, he was a member of the covenant of Israel, but he wasn't a child of God. But if, uh, if a person like that can go to Jesus and Jesus said, I will, and here is your healing, then how much more should we as the children of God expect the Lord to provide healing for us, amen? Uh, and so he can and he will. And so we're, we're thankful for that, amen? Uh, well, let's open up our Bibles to the book of James, uh, chapter 5. We'll continue there today. So we're, we're in uh, Dr. McCrossin's book. Um, and um, he, in this section here, in this division number 5, he's talking about, or the reason number 5, first division, um, that um, uh, the healing is still for us today. And so uh, he's making the case for that. And he got to, him to James, chapter 5. Uh, and later on, he has some discussion about uh, some, some of the things that uh, people of his time frame, and people are still doing it today, but people of his time frame would find scriptures that looked good, and so it was, uh, it was odd, but it seemed as if they had uh, uh, a desire to prove why those verses weren't so. And one of the common strategies they use, and he talks about this later on, is they would discredit the entire book of the, of, the, of the Bible, and they would say, for example, uh, he'll talk about, specifically about James later on, that, well, James is not written to the church. And, and uh, anybody ever heard an argument like that? And then, of course, people say that about, like, 1 John, right? 1 John is not written to the church because 1 John 1, 9 says that if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you from unrighteousness, all, cleanse you from all unrighteousness, uh, and so for those who don't believe the church should repent, and there are people in the church who believe that because of the work of Jesus that we don't ever have to repent as a Christian, which is just the oddest thing because 1 John 1, 9 is not the only verse that says that. There are many verses in the New Testament that say that. But that's the key one or a key one. And so to discredit that, they say, well, that wasn't written to the church. It never, should never have been in the Bible at all. And, and it's not because they're some great scholar. It's because they don't like what the verse says. And so let's get rid of the book. And that way we're not responsible for doing what it says. That's convenient, right? Anytime they come across a verse they don't like, well, that's not, shouldn't have been in it to begin with, Lord. Uh, and yet I think at the end of the book says that if you add or, or take away 
anything from the scriptures, you know, I think it says you're cursed, right? Uh, it's not good for you if, you do, if you're picking and choosing uh, what's, what's valid today, right? It's just like a story where the little girl comes to church and she's got a Bible, she's got a front cover and a back cover, and there's no pages in between. And the, the pastor's like, well, honey, uh, where's all your pages for your Bible? And uh, she said, well, pastor, every time you said that verse didn't belong to us today, I ripped that page out of my Bible, and that's all that's left. <laughs> Uh, and, and you know, it's funny, right? And of course, it's just a story. But um, isn't that true today? Uh, it's the oddest thing when people read a verse, it's plain as, as the nose on their face, and they say, that's not for us today. And they'll, they'll tell us the healing is not for us today. Uh, and so we're here in the book of James, uh, and it's, uh, we'll just start here again in James chapter 5, verse 13. It says, is any sick among you, any among you afflicted? So it's not just necessarily with sickness and disease, but just a general affliction, right? People coming against you, the world trying to, to, uh, to, to bring harm into your life. Let him pray. Well, what's, the, what's the intent of the prayer when you're afflicted? To get out of the affliction, right? It's to overcome the affliction. It's not to just let you put up with it. Uh, is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Uh, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith. So notice it's not the elders because of their position. It's the elders because they can pray the prayer of faith. And that's why you call upon the elders, because the expectation is, well, the elders, they should know how to pray the prayer of faith. You know, somebody's brand new in the Lord, they may not know, right? And they may not just come, Lord, if it's your will, you know, uh, uh, heal them. Well, that's not the prayer of faith, right? That's the prayer of doubt and unbelief. Uh, and so you don't want somebody to pray that, right? Uh, and, and I'm not always a big fan. You know, I have to go to the hospital on occasion and pray for folks. I'm not a big fan of, of, uh, of praying with people I don't know. Because I don't know what they're going to pray, right? I don't know how they're going to pray. Uh, Lord, if it's your will, you know, get them off this deathbed. But if not, just go ahead and, and uh, terminate them now. I mean, who wants that, right? Who, uh, that's not feeling like, I'm not feeling the love, right? I'm not feeling the, the uh, encouragement there. And so... Now, I want to pray with somebody that knows how to pray. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, so that's why you call for the elders of the church. So uh, is it the elders uh, of the Moose Lodge? Is it elders of, you know, uh, the Jewish nation? No, it's the elders of who? The church, the church right? So uh, then, then this means this applies to the church. Uh, and so, uh, so you can go to the church and you should be able to find elders in the church that know how to pray the prayer of faith. You know, now, uh, generally speaking, the pastor is an elder. Uh, and, of course, you know, we have elders here. Uh, but there are, you go to a lot of churches and you say, hey, could I see an elder? You know, it doesn't have to be the pastor, but can I see an elder? Uh, I'm sick. Will you pray for my healing? I'll, I'll pray that, you know, maybe the Lord will heal you. Uh, or some, some will say, well, uh, it's, not, uh, it's not the will of God to, to be healed, right? Uh, in fact, uh, Brother Hagen tells a story, and, and it's, uh, uh, when he tells a story, oftentimes people will laugh uh, when he tells the story because, I mean, in one sense, it is funny. If it wasn't so sad, it would be funny. Uh, and and it, yet many times uh, he's almost in tears telling the story. But he'll, he t when he was on the deathbed as a teenager, uh, he was reading scriptures, and, of course, you know, uh, he didn't know. He didn't know what these meant. Uh, but he, he, got, he got up to Mark eleven twenty three and 24, uh, what things serve you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. 
And so he was thinking, well, if that's so, then I can get off my deathbed. But I don't know if that's so. I don't know if whatsoever things I desire when I pray, can I, can I actually, can I do that? Can I believe that I receive them and then I'll have them? Now, if it is so, I'm getting healed. But I don't really know, you know, he didn't grow up in church in that way, in a Pentecostal church. He grew up in a Baptist church. And so he, he, uh, so he asked his grandmother that he lived with, you know, send, send for the pastor of our church. And have him come down uh, and... Um, uh, and, and if he tells me this is so, then I'm getting off, off my deathbed. Well, the pastor's an elder of the church, right? And so, you know, they set up the time, he's supposed to come, and, and doesn't even show up. Doesn't call, doesn't write, doesn't send smoke signals. Just, just a, now, this, this child's on his deathbed, right? He's desperate for any help. And, and yeah, I'll be there, and it doesn't show up. What is more important than going and praying for the sick, right? I mean, uh, was your was your golf game a little off and you needed to tone it up a little bit? You know, was your car out of gas and you needed to get it filled up? You know, was your sock drawer out of order? I mean, I, uh, what, what's the priority there, right? What what would be more important than that? And so, you know, uh, that didn't happen. And so finally, they got uh, uh, the the grandmother found so and so, Doctor So and So, a pastor of another church. He'll come down and. and uh, you know, Brother Hagen was, was paralyzed, almost 100% paralyzed, uh, at least from the waist down. And, and, and not only that, but he had blood disease, he, he had uh, heart problems, uh, and the doctor said, well, any one of these things would kill you. Uh, and so uh, he, he would be paralyzed for the most part. And, and as the days went on, you know, he'd wake up okay, but as the day went on and the hours of the day passed, he would be less able to speak and less able to do any things. And so he asked the pastor to come in the morning when he was more aware, more, more able to ask questions. And, and of course, the pastor said, I'll be glad to do that. And he shows up in the afternoon. Uh, and so, uh, again, you know, uh, I, I don't know, you know, it, but, uh, you know, we could go off on a whole nother path about how many in the ministry feel like they're in royalty uh, and, and, and kind of act like that, right? Act like they're not servants of the Most High God, that they or above all the fray, above all the riffraff, you know, that, and you are the riffraff, right? And so that means I'm more important than all of you all, right? I don't know where they come along with that idea because Jesus never acted that way. Uh, I remember many of them come to Jesus and said, you know, come down to my house. He said, I'll come. Uh, and, and he didn't say, I'll come next Thursday at 2 o'clock. He'd get up and go right then. What are you doing right now? And they're like, well, I, I don't even mean like right now. I mean like just sometime. Well, how about now? Uh, and so, so the, the pastor came in the afternoon and Brother Hagin couldn't even speak. And he said all he could do, and he would, he would, he would kind of act out how he say, he, he would say, I'd try to say words, but all I could say is like, ah, and people would start laughing, but he wasn't laughing because even after 70 years or so, uh, it was still heartbreaking for him to relive that experience. And, and so the, the pastor got there and, uh, and didn't even, you know, he, he's trying to ask, and he, what he's trying to say is, Get my Bible, open it up to Mark 11, 23 and 24. Tell me if this is so. If it's so, I'm getting off the deathbed. And, and of course, he couldn't talk. He couldn't even communicate. And so the pastor just grabbed his hand, held his hand, and just with the most professional voice said, Son, just stay in the middle of the road. Uh, it'll all be over soon enough. And, and so, which is just a terrible thing. Thanks for your help. I could have died without your help, you know. Uh, and so, and then, then he got up and left. Then he could hear him. Uh, in the other room, consoling his grandmother that, well, he's going to die soon. 
Uh, and so just be ready for it. You know, you won't live long. Uh, that's somebody you really want in your court, right? Uh, no, that's not, no. You know, when you're picking teams, not that guy, right? Not, that guy's not on my team. He's not on team healing, right? Uh, and so, but he was the elder of the church. He was supposed to come and pray the prayer of faith. He's supposed to come and say, yes, it's 100%. So you want to pray now and get off the bed, deathbed today? Or you want, to, you want to do that tomorrow morning when, when, you know, after you've had breakfast? Uh, and so, of course, he, we know the story. He got off the deathbed on his own faith. Uh, but uh, it wasn't because he didn't try to do what the Word of God said. He didn't try to do the, you know, you ever tried to do the Word of God and then other people won't hook up with you? I've had that many times, right? People not, well, you know, I want you to agree with me, you know, uh, and, and they won't do it or they, they don't believe it's so. And, and so uh, it's, uh, it's a shame, but, but you're supposed to be able to call for the elders of the church, which would include, of course, the pastor in that. Uh, and... Uh, let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, the, the thing we have to be careful about is the New Testament is not a law, right? It's not uh, rigid like the Old Testament. You have to do things a certain way. Um, the, these, are things, these are principles and guidelines. We follow them because is this the only way to obtain healing? See, if you read it as a law, then this, you have to do it this way. But if that's the case, then everybody else before this did it wrong. You know, there's only one other example about anointing with oil that was in the book of Mark uh, when the Lord uh, sent out the disciples to, to, uh, to pray for the sick. Uh, and they, it talks about them anointing with oil. But we see no examples of, of Jesus ever anointing with oil. We see him anointing with spit, uh, but not with anointing with oil. And we don't see any examples in the book of Acts where people anointed with oil. Uh, and so, and even in Mark 16, we read the Great Commission, right? It says, the believers shall lay hands on the sick and they'll what? recover so we don't see that as being part of the great commission so they're not in conflict these are just all of the above all of these methods are valid and and um, acceptable to obtain healing and if you want to do it this way then this is a perfectly fine way to do it amen call for the elders of the church have them anoint anoint with oil uh, and uh, pray the prayer of faith amen the key is the prayer of faith it's not the anointing of oil right there's nothing special uh, inherently special with anointing of oil. It's all about faith, amen? What does the oil represent when you anoint with oil? <clears throat> and it represents the anointing, which is the representation of the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so uh, it, it's just a good way for, for somebody to connect their faith to. Okay, well, that represents the power of God. It's not the power of God, but it represents the power of God, just like we received communion today, right? That bread and that juice was not the actual body of Jesus, right? Now, there, is, there are people in the church primarily the Catholic Church, who, who believe that when you receive communion that it actually uh, uh, turns into the, the actual body of Jesus, right? Uh, ma like magic or, you know, a wiffle dust or something, but, uh, and that the juice actually turns into the blood of Jesus. Well, there's nothing in the scriptures that, that would uh, give them that idea, but it kind of sounds cool and sounds kind of creepy, actually, you know, I mean, because uh, Jesus said, except you drink my, uh, uh, eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. Uh, but then later on, that's in John chapter 6, but later on he said, it, it, in fact, it wouldn't hurt just to read that. Uh, later on, at the, after he said that and got everybody just all riled up because you don't drink blood in, in, the, in the Jewish world, right? Uh, but uh, in, in John chapter 6, after he said all those things, he said... Uh, it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. 
So what he was saying is, I know I said that, but those words are spiritual words. They're, they're not legalistic words. You don't go take and, and, and actually, you know, he said, uh, eat my flesh and drink my blood. He didn't mean for you to chop a finger off and, and eat his finger, right? That would be weird. Uh, he said, these are spiritual things that I'm talking about, right? There's, it's a spiritual example. It's, a, it's a, essentially a parable, an allegory, however you want to look at it. Uh, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't intended to be taken literally. So if he, if he didn't mean it literally in John chapter 6, then it's not literal today when we receive communion, amen? People, you know, kind of get off on those things and they build up doctrines that, not, that are not scriptural. <clears throat> and I'm not sure what the motivation for, that, for doing that is. Uh, except, uh, uh, well, you know, like I said, I don't really, really know, right? And we can come up with some ideas, but uh, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of philosophies and ideas about things like that that kind of uh, get into the church. And so he said, uh, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Uh, let them, so you can have multiple people pray for you. So does that mean you have to have, what if you only have one elder in the church? I'm sorry, you're not qualified, right? Now, again, it's not a law. Uh, well, you can do it this way, but it's not a law. Uh, and, uh, and it, of course, it says anointing him with oil. So, so then it only applies to men, to men, right? So all you women, sorry, you cannot call for the elders of the church. Not legal uh, because we're going to turn this into a law. No, we don't turn this into a law. Amen. Women are just as, just as much allowed to call for the elders of the church uh, as, as the men are. Uh, and so uh, let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So in my name, they shall cast the devils. In my name, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So everything we do as a church, we do by the authority of the name of Jesus. We don't do it in our own power. We don't do it as the position of the elders. Uh, again, the reason they pick the elders because they should be the ones who know that it's okay to pray the prayer of faith. Uh, and so uh, when they, it says, when, let them pray over him. So what are they praying over him? Well, he tells us in verse 15 that they're praying over him the prayer of faith. Well, what's the, so there's different kinds of prayer, right? Intercession and, and prayer of salvation and uh, prayer of consecration, dedication, and so on. But the prayer of faith is specifically is prayed to make a request and to receive an answer. And that's the, that's the purpose of the prayer of faith is, is I know what the Word of God says. I'm going to pray that the Word of God is so and I expect an answer for that specific thing, right? So the prayer of faith then uh, is Mark 11, 24, right? What things ever you desire when you pray, Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That's the prayer of faith, right? So you pray, but what, what do you pray? Whatever you're praying, you believe that you receive that, amen? So that's the prayer of faith. The purpose of the prayer of faith is uh, I have a request, I have a need that needs to be met. I'm going to go to the Lord and I'm going to ask him to meet that need. And, and I'm asking him because he told us to ask him, but it's not just asking like, uh, you know, like sometimes you say, hey, uh, uh, can you help me with something? So that's a request with an option of maybe they can and maybe they can't, right? You're, you're, you're being polite to ask them if they can help you, but you're also giving them an opportunity to, to say no because you don't know their schedule, you don't know if they're available. Uh, well, that, that's not the prayer of faith, right? That's the, that's the prayer of, uh, uh, hey, if it's your will, will you help me? So there's no faith in that, right? You're not really, when you go and ask them for somebody to help, you're not going in faith that they're, that they're absolutely going to help you. But, you know, if it's a good person, you know that if they can, they would. But you don't really know, right, until you ask them. So that's why, and that's fair, right? That's fine in our natural world to, to ask somebody for something with the intent that maybe they can and maybe they can't. Uh, but when the Lord's, in the Lord's economy, in, in his plan, the prayer of faith is, does not include 
uh, giving him an option to get out of it. Because he said that uh, when you pray, right, whatsever things you desire, when you pray, what's the next step? Believe. Believe what? That you receive it, right? That you receive what? What you just prayed for, amen? But well, what are you praying for? What you desire, right? Uh, so <clears throat> whatsoever, things, whatsoever things you desire. Well, when Brother Hagin got to Mark eleven twenty four, he said, you know, I desire a well body. But you know, what, if you're sick, what do you think you desire? Well. To be well, right? I mean, you don't, uh, if you're sick, uh, you know, more than anything else, I, you know, I'm on my deathbed, I would like a ham sandwich. Is that your greatest desire when you're on your deathbed? A ham sandwich, right? Uh, that's, not your, that's not your priority, amen? Uh, you, your priority, if you even know it's an option, would be to get off the deathbed. <laughs> and so uh, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray. So now we're back here to uh, James uh, chapter 5 and Mark 11. They're, they're in perfect sync. Uh, the, the person on, on the deathbed, or the person who is sick in, in uh, James chapter 5, desires to be well. <clears throat> and so... Now, uh, the nice thing is we can get other people involved in our prayer. I have a desire, but uh, you know, my, faith, my faith is not there, but I know your faith is there, and so I'm, I'm asking you to help me in this. Uh, and so, and, and that's fine. You know, we need each other. You know, there's some things uh, that we just need help with. Amen? Uh, and, uh, you know, I've done this a long time, just walking with the Lord. And I'm pretty comfortable, for the most part, obtaining my own healing just because I'm not because I'm special or because, you know, I'm somebody. But, you know, you've done this a long time. You have a lot of experience at it. And you're just comfortable with, I'll get it. And so now if there's things that, uh, and it's been many years that I've had to do that. But if if I have trouble overcoming something, I don't have any problem going to prayer line. Hey, uh, we're praying for the sick today. Anybody need anything? I'd go right up, right? No problem. Now, I don't not go up because, well, I'm not going up there. I'll do it on my own. I don't have an attitude about it. Uh, It's just that I've had success doing it. And and so uh, no problem with getting other people involved in it. But if if I'm struggling uh, with overcoming something, uh, and that's really the situation here, this person that that, uh, James is talking about, uh, for whatever reason hasn't obtained healing on their own, well, then get other people to help you with the prayer of faith, right? But your faith should still be, well, when they pray for me, I'm going to get it. Amen? You, you, don't, you don't go, well, let's, just, let's see what happens. Well, then, then you're negating their faith. Amen? So uh, Mark eleven twenty four says, what things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. So what's the job of the elders when they're praying? Their job should be to believe that they receive uh, your healing on your behalf, Right? Uh, that they that they pray the prayer of faith. And so the prayer, pray, the prayer of faith, is a specific, uh, determined prayer with a with a, a specific expected uh, result. Amen. Not a hoped result, and uh, just a, well hoping a wishing result. It's a expected result. I'm praying for this. I'm expecting to get that. I'm not expecting to get something else. I'm expecting to get that. So that's the prayer of faith. Now, and so, you know, you have to be a little bit uh, aggressive in that, uh, not arrogant or prideful, but uh, you have to go say, well, Lord, this is the way you, you told me to operate, that whatsoever things I desire when I pray, believe that I receive them. You told me to operate that way. So, so that's, then that's my requirement. I'm required by the Lord, according to his word, to when I come to him and ask him for something, Lord, I'm asking you for this, not like I would ask a human who, who may or may not be able to help that's not the way you wanted us to operate. You told me to come and ask you with the expectation that 
I receive that which I ask you. Not maybe I receive it, but I'm guaranteed to receive it. Because you said, uh, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and what? And you shall have them. Amen. So my requirement, according to the word of God, to operate the way he instructed me to, is to, to go with the expectation that when I pray, that's exactly what I get. Uh, and, and now some people say that's arrogant. Right? They'll, t- they'll call you prideful, arrogant, you know, God's your water boy, you know, he's your errand boy, he, you know, and they would say, you shouldn't, you shouldn't treat God like that. Well, no, you're, you're telling me to, to, to violate the word of God that he instructed me to follow. The Lord wrote these words down, amen? He told us as his servants and his children to operate this way. If we choose not to operate, well, Lord, that, doesn't make, that makes me uncomfortable. Well, then you're in rebellion to his word, Amen? If that makes you uncomfortable and you chose not to do it his way, then you're in rebellion to his word uh, and, and you, you are the one really in trouble. Not the person who has childlike faith that goes, well, he said to ask for it, so I'm going to ask, right? He told me to expect to believe to receive it, so I'm expecting to receive it. Nothing less, nothing more. Exactly what I'm praying for. That's what a child would do, right? If you tell a child with childlike faith to do that, then they just assume, well, okay, then it's going to work, amen? It shouldn't be a... It should be like, really, that works? You know, uh, when you get small children, five, six, seven, eight years old, and you tell them things, they just assume that uh, they're supposed to do it. Assume that that's the way it's supposed to work. Not until they get older and get grizzled, you know, they realize, oh, I'm not doing that, you know. Uh, they don't, those, them old geezers, they don't know anything. Uh, and so uh, then they get kind of rebellious in their attitude if they're not raised properly, right? Uh, and so, uh, but much of the church is that way. Well, we don't like, we don't like the way the Lord prescribed us to do things. So we're going to just say, Lord, if it's your will. And yet there's not a single time. The only time was we mentioned there was, was uh, from, from Matthew 8 was, was the uh, uh, leper, right? Lord, if it's your will, uh, he's the only one. And yet was the leper the one defining the doctrine? No. Wasn't the leper that was defined? It was the Lord Jesus who defines the doctrine. And the Lord Jesus said, I will. Be thou made whole. Amen? Uh, and so, you know, we'll take, we'll take one instance where somebody questioned whether or not Jesus would heal, and we built their entire doctrine, uh, forgetting every other doctrine of healing in the Word of God. We take the doctrine from, from the man who had little faith, the, the leper, right? Because he had some faith, but not much faith. Because uh, he had the faith of, Lord, if you would, you could, but I'm not sure if you would. And so he didn't have any doubt that Jesus could, he just didn't know if Jesus would. Well, uh, is that your goal? My goal is to be as mediocre as I possibly can in my faith, right? Is to be slightly above average or maybe uh, below average in my faith. I don't want to be too aggressive in my faith, right? Uh, I don't want to be like the the centurion, speak the word only and it shall be done. That, Jesus called that great faith, amen? The leper's like, you know, Lord, I just don't know. And, and Jesus said, well, here, let me, let me clear up some things for you. I will. And so uh, we shouldn't build our doctrine upon the leper's statements. We should build the doctrine on the statements of the master. Uh, and so the Lord told us to pray the prayer of faith. Amen. So the prayer of faith is always, here's what I want. I'm going to go to the Lord, and that's what I'm going to get. That's the prayer of faith. It's not any different. You know, it's not the prayer of hope, right, or the prayer of wishing. It's the prayer of faith. And so... If you say, Lord, if it's your will, I don't know if it is, but if it's your will, that is not the prayer of faith, right? 
in fact, the word if should never be involved in the prayer of faith, right? The word if should never be involved in the prayer of faith because then it's not faith. It, it's wishing, it's hoping. It's, uh, it's like you ask your neighbor to assist you in giving the neighbor an opportunity to say no if they're unavailable. Uh, and the Lord said, that's not how I want you to operate with me. Now, this is the master, uh, the Lord Jesus, you know, as the head of the church, he dictated what he wanted recorded in the word of God, didn't he? Uh, he, he said, he went to the Holy Spirit, said, now you go down, you talk to Paul, or in this case, you could talk to James, and you make sure you re- they record these particular things. I'm the head of the church. This is what I want written in the, in the word of God. Because mm-hmm. who is the word? Jesus. Jesus is the word. So this is Jesus, right? But he recorded uh, in, on paper for us what he wanted us to know through the hands of men, right? But by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but by the direction of the head of the church. So he, he's the one who said these things. So for us to say, I don't want to do it that way, then you're usurping the authority of the head of the church and saying, you know better than the head of the church. You know better than the master, the, the Lord Jesus, whom we've all prayed the, the, the sinner's prayer, right? We've prayed the prayer uh, that says, Lord, uh, I choose to, to confess you as my Lord and Savior. I choose to live for you. I choose to obey you in all the things that you do, unless it's, I think it's unreasonable. And, and some people think they have a right to pick and choose, right? Well, that's not for me, or that's not for us today. You know, why would the Lord write these things? Because the Word of God is eternal. It's not temporary, right? It, it doesn't fade with, and change with the fads of society. It's eternal, amen? Uh, and so, why would the Lord choose to write things that he knew would expire uh, by the time the last guy died? Why, why even bother writing that down? He could have written anything down. Why would he write things down that were, were of no value after, uh, you know, because Jesus died uh, and, uh, and the rest of the disciples, they lived a little bit longer after Jesus, uh, but they didn't live a century after Jesus. They lived maybe 50 years after Jesus died. So why would he uh, write things? And then you get down to, you know, Paul wrote some of these books. I don't recall when James was written, but it was probably written around AD 60 or so. Uh, and, and maybe John, uh, uh, John the Baptist, or not John the Baptist, but the apostle John lived to be the longest lived apostle and he lived to be about 100 years old on the isle of patmos Uh, and so but he only lived maybe 50 or 60 years after jesus died why would jesus go to all this trouble writing these things that that would would be of no value after john died Uh, it doesn't make any sense right and people say well this doesn't belong to us today Well, well why not well you know men wrote the word of god men did write the word of god but the we know that the that they were men inspired by the holy spirit uh, and if they were inspired by the Holy Spirit, then these are important words, amen? And for us to diminish him by saying we have an opportunity or right to not follow these uh, prescriptions that the Lord Jesus gave to us is just plain old rebellion, amen? Uh, and we wrap it up in, in flowery-sounding uh, PhD, you know, philosophical words uh, to make it so we don't look quite as dumb as we actually are, right? Uh, because we, we don't want to look bad. We want, oh, brother, that's not for us today, right? Uh, and so, what, are there no elders today? Uh, is there no anointing oil left in the world? You know, what, what if you don't have anointing oil that was shipped from, uh, from Jerusalem? Could you use any anointing oil? Uh, I think any anointing oil would work, right? Uh, and so, uh, as long as it's mixed with faith, right? Uh, what about, uh, you know, Crisco? I don't know if you have to melt it in the, in the microwave first, right? Right. Uh, uh, and what matters is, it says the prayer of faith shall save the sick, not the fancy anointing oil, right? Uh, and uh, remember when, they, when the, the uh, uh, 
oil with the, the Bible with the oil came through uh, the area, right? It said it never runs out. And they, it turns out it was tractor supply oil, which I guess if that's, the, I mean, they never run out of oil, you know, to go back and get more, right? And they showed the guy, they videotaped him sneaking into a tractor supply, coming out with these two, you know, big buckets of oil, and then said, it's a miracle. Well, it, no, it wasn't a miracle. It was a sale, right? They had a sale on big buckets of oil. Uh, and so, uh, and, um, you know, may, I might do it. I mean, this, this was several years ago. Somebody even came to the church here, uh, and, they, and they had a little vial of oil. They said, this oil will never run out. And, 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 you know, really, I just didn't want to mess up the carpet. I said, hey, let me see that. And he poured it out right there. Because <laughs> not, you know, not that I don't believe in miracles. I believe in miracles, but I don't believe in that, right? That's just, that's just hokey stuff, right? Uh, and and uh, she'll never run out. It's like, really? You know, I'd sure like, I don't remember who they were, but I'd sure like to call them and say, how's that uh, anointing oil? It's never run out. Have you ever used it? No. Well, that's a way to never, never run out. You just, anyway, people come up with all kinds of crazy things. Amen. Uh, and so the Lord prescribed this, that this is one way, not the only way, but this is one way that we can obtain healing if you're not getting it on your own. Uh, amen. And, and so, and that brings up a good point. Uh, should you feel bad because you're not getting it on your own? Should you be condemned? Well, if you're just a person of faith, you know, you wouldn't need the elders of the church to come. Well, first of all, that's a terrible thing to say, right? And, and besides that, who wrote this? Who inspired these words to be written? Jesus did. So if Jesus wanted these words to be written, then is he okay if you don't have the faith on your own to get healing, that you need assistance? He's perfectly fine because he set these, this plan up, amen? So number one, don't ever be condemned uh, if you need help to, get up to, to obtain healing in your life, amen? Because uh, if you're condemned, does condemnation come from the Lord? It doesn't come from the Lord, Right. Now, uh, I don't hear it as much anymore nowadays, but you know, I remember back in the day, and then I've heard stories of it, where especially in the charismatic and Pentecostal churches, if you were taking medication or going to the doctor, uh, they would condemn you for that. You know, you shouldn't be taking a medication, you know, and all these things. Now, look, I know the, the whole medical world right now is just insanity, right? I mean, just you used to believe the medical world. Now you have to fast and pray to the Lord. Lord, uh, are what they telling me is so, Right. You have to find out from heaven, to, is, this, is this reasonable? Should I do this thing, right? It used to be you could believe them because they, they had the, your general welfare, welfare in mind, but now they've got the general welfare of their, their pocketbooks in mind, right? Not all of them, I know that, but when we saw all the COVID stuff that came through and all the insanity that went with that, and they, they promised us this is 95% effective. And then, you know, after everybody got shot, they're like, well, you know, 95%... You know, maybe that was a little aggressive. You know, it's like, did we say 95? You know, we went like 9.5% effective, you know? We didn't really mean 90, but they, didn't they say like 95, 98% effective if you take both shots, right? Well, three shots. Okay, okay it's really 27 shots. If you take, we promise that it's going to work. But it might not work. But, you know, it would guarantee you that it might work. Uh, it's like, wait, you guarantee it might work, right? And, and so they lost a lot of confidence in the world. And now they're all mad at us because we don't believe them anymore. It's like, well, it's your fault. You lied to us all this time. Everybody's going to die. And almost nobody died. I mean, people did die of it. I don't know. It was a real thing. It was, COVID was real. But they, they, they just, uh, they lost so much ground in the, their credibility. And now they're all mad at you because you don't believe them anymore. It's like, well, it's your fault. You're the one who, who lost the confidence of the earth by your lies and and all the, the, the ways that you did everything. I mean, look, I'm, 
My, my confidence is not, has never been in the medical industry anyway, but I always consider them a partner with me in obtaining healing for the people. That's, we should be partners, but, you know, uh, they don't really know this, but my, uh, we are partners, but I'm hoping to put them out of business, right? I'm hoping they all, you know, we get everybody healed, and you don't need any more hospitals anymore. I know it's never going to be that way, but still, you know. So, yeah, I'm glad you're my partner, but I'm hoping to put you out of business. And so, uh, and that, that's fine, right? That, that, not much of a partner, I know. Uh, and so, but, but you should never be condemned if you need help. Amen? You should never, because see, all that does, all the enemy is trying to do is to diminish your faith. Well, I must be a terrible person needing help. Now, you can get help from the medical industry. You can get help from the elders of the church. But I got no problem with people going to the doctor. I got no problem with people taking medication. Amen. I got no, uh, because whatever you do, you should do that in faith. Well, then this medicine's going to do exactly what it's supposed to do without all the list of, you know, you got this many things it could do and this many things it could not do. Or it might not do, right? Or it might do to you that shouldn't be doing to you. And so all the side effects, right? This might help you sleep, but you might, might also want to eat your dog. Now, and so just be careful because you might have these side effects, right? You might end up with an extra toe or, you know, who knows, right? And so uh, just be, if you start growing a, a, a 12th toe, you know, the 11 one's okay. We'll let that one slide. But if you get 12, call your doctor, right? And so, uh, uh, and, and so, you, so your faith should be, Lord, I'm going to take this medication and it's not going to have these side effects. It's going to do what it's supposed to do and it's not going to have all these others. So you should have faith even when you take the medication, right? How many people, when they pray, and they're going to go get surgery, their prayer is, Lord, give the doctor wisdom. You know, let the doctor have, have great wisdom. Is that a valid prayer? It's a perfectly valid prayer. Now, is it, a perf- is, is it the highest level of faith? It's not the highest level of faith, but I'm not going to disparage somebody because that's where their faith is. If that's where your faith is, that uh, uh, pastor pray with me, that the doctors uh, figure out what's going on and that the surgery goes well, you know what I do? I'll be glad to pray, pray, pray that with you and ask the Lord to supernaturally reveal to the doctors what's going on and to supernaturally empower the doctors to do their job well for you so that uh, you don't have complications. Because, you know, surgery, it's, uh, they call it practicing medicine for a reason, right? Uh, let's see if we get this one right. You want to? <clears throat> That's called practicing medicine, right? And so, uh, now hopefully they've been practicing long before they got to you, but still it's practicing medicine, amen? Uh, and so, uh, so the reason why James is written is because the expectation is, in this case, you need assistance. And you've not been able to obtain healing on your own, right? Let him call for the elder of the church. Because uh, the highest level of faith is just to go to 1 Peter 2.24. that says, by your stripes, by his stripes, you were healed. So do you need the elders of the church if you believe that? Well, you don't really need the elders because you can obtain healing on your own, amen? Now, that would be God's best. That's God's ideal. That's where he wants us to strive to get to. But between now and then, you need to live. You need to survive long enough to get to there. Amen? If you've got terminal cancer, now is not the time to say, well, I'm just going to believe God. You know, what, what were you doing before then? Amen? And I know people uh, uh, that, that uh, something comes up, they get a serious illness. Well, I'm just going to believe God. Okay, well, before you do that and before you stop taking all your medication and stop going to the doctors, let's talk about your track record. How many times have you successfully, on your own, with nobody else around, just you and the Word of God, obtained healing by faith? Well, not yet, not any yet. I've been trying, but not, not, I have not, got, not ever done it by myself yet. So you're going to wait until you get terminal uh, a report from the doctor, and now you're going to try to build faith? It's going to be really hard to build faith, you know, because first of all, 
if you just feel so bad you can't get out of bed, how are you going to have the faith you know, and the mental awareness and the spiritual uh, aptitude to overcome that? Because your physical body is so demanding in that moment that if you're not taking any medication to relieve the pain or to, to ease the symptoms, uh, it's going to be really hard for you to get focused in the spirit long enough to obtain the, the spiritual power to get your healing. That, but if you've done it a hundred times before and this is just nothing, nothing different, right? Then no problem, amen? And I know people, in fact, you know, I've, I've told the story before. I, I, I know a, a friend of mine that uh, was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Uh, and um, and his, his wife called me and was telling me the story there. And I, and I said, and I was real, real frank with it. I said, well, you know, I said, my, my only concern here is, is, and I've known this person for, for a decade before this, you know, longer than that, uh, nearly 20 years before that. Uh, and I said, I've never seen this person obtain healing on their own strength, on their own ability, by just by prayer and faith alone. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't saying to condemn anybody. I was saying that, I was saying that to encourage them, well, then you need to find the path that works for you. Amen. You go to the doctor. You do what the doctor says. Uh, you, you start reading the word of God. You call for the elders of the church. You bring other people in on it. Uh, you, you make a plan. Amen. Uh, and, and that would be reasonable to do. If you've never done it on your own, then you shouldn't start uh, with the worst possible uh, report and start there to start building your faith. Amen. Because there, there's so much pressure on people. When people get uh, a bad, di- bad diagnosis like cancer or something like that, and they call it bad. It's not neither good nor bad. It just is, right? It's just a report. <clears throat> but uh, they'll, they'll call it a bad report. Uh, and, and now is not the time to start. Amen. Start with a toe ache. Start with a headache. Start with something that's not going to matter if you're successful or not successful. <clears throat> and if you are successful, you praise God. And you look, you, you know, you... you, you uh, you continue to build your faith. If, if you're unsuccessful with a small thing, then you go to the Lord and say, Lord, why was I unsuccessful in this? Why, 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 why did I not get victory over this thing on my own? And ask the Lord to train you. Ask the Lord, you know, what, did I miss a scripture? I, was my confession bad? Or, well, you just know, you know, sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Is that your confession, right? I mean, I don't know what it is. It could be a lot of things. But you, you can go to the Lord and you work. And, and, I, and I'm all the Lord, all the time talking to the Lord, Lord, teach me about this thing, right? Teach me how to work this, this part of your scriptures out. Teach me how, how to believe and use and utilize this verse in my life. And show me how to apply it correctly. <clears throat> and so, but people don't want to spend that much time doing that, right? They, uh, they usually just, you know, don't spend any time in faith or in the word of God. And if something happens, they're just going to believe God with no experience and no, no training or no successes before that point in time. Uh, and, and oftentimes, they, ended up not, they end up not being successful. Uh, and really, they should look at like James chapter 5 a, as the kindness of the Lord to say, look, the, Lord's, uh, the Lord knows that, that faith uh, in the whole church uh, is a broad spectrum, right? Some people got great faith. Some people got very little faith. And so instead of being so rigid in, in his uh, operations with us and saying, well, unless you get it by faith alone, I'm not giving it to you. He wasn't that way at all. He said, look, if, you got, if your faith is struggling, go get the elders. It's fine. I still care about you. I want you to, I want you to be well. But call for the elders. They'll come and they'll do that. You know, yeah, I can do that, Lord? Yeah. He's perfectly fine with that. So you should never, ever get condemned. Wherever your faith is, be, be okay recognizing that. Well, you know, over here, you know, I'm really successful. But, you know, in the area of healing, I've not been as successful. 
and, and at least recognize that and to say, well, then, 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 but I know if I call for the elders of the church, they'll come and they'll pray for me. So be okay with that. The Lord's okay with it. He wrote this, amen. And so don't, don't be under pressure when these things happen, amen. Uh, and don't feel like you've got to do it all on your own. Literally, the Lord says, you don't have to do it on your own. You can do it here. So the prayer of faith, again, the prayer of faith is a specific request with an expected uh, result. And that's the prayer of faith. I'm praying for healing. And so in this case, you can apply the prayer of faith in many different areas. But one area you can apply it is in the area of healing, right? You can apply it in the area of finances. You can apply it in the area of a job or a house or a vehicle, uh, whatever that you might have need of. The prayer of faith says, I've got this need. I'm going to go to the Lord and I'm going to get this need met. That's the prayer of faith. It's not the prayer of hope, not the prayer of wishing. It's the prayer of faith. And it says, and the prayer of faith. So it's not the anointing oil. And it's not the elders, but it's the prayer of faith, right? So the expectation is the elders know how to pray the prayer of faith. So make sure you get good elders, right? Don't get the, the below average elders that will just stay down the middle of the road, son, and it'll all be over soon enough, right? Thanks for your help. You, you can leave now, right? Uh, and so it, it's, uh, that, that guy should have had his card pulled, right, for, for, that, uh, for that thing there, right? Now, I'm sure that the fellow made it to heaven, Brother Hagin's in heaven, I'm sure they've had a good laugh over that since then, you know. Maybe. He, Brother Hagin might still be avoiding that fellow. I don't know. But um, I, I'm, I'm going to believe God that he made it to heaven and that all is well up there. Amen. Uh, and so it says, The prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. Does it say the Lord might raise him up? If it's the Lord's will, he'll be raised up? No. The Lord shall raise him up. That's an absolute, that's a determinate uh, response there. He shall. Not maybe, he shall. Right? It's very specific and guaranteed. Uh, and it says, and if he hath committed sin, they shall be forgiven him. So the context of there, it's nice that, that just like with the man born by four, uh, with his friends there in Luke chapter five, that, uh, that the Lord said, son, thy sins are forgiven. And then he healed him. Uh, well, in this case, you get a package deal. They pay for your healing. And, 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 and look, we'll, we'll scrub, the, uh, we'll scrub the, uh, the account clean right now while we're at it. Uh, you know, it's like going to the car wash and wash your car, and, and they give you a little thing to put, a little perfume thing to put in your car too, right? It's a bonus, right? So we'll scrub your car, and then we'll give you a little smelly good thing there to put in your car too. And so it's kind of a free bonus there, right? They give you, the Lord gives you this extra bonus here uh, uh, along with the healing of your body. But he says, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Now, uh, to me, that, that, that's, just, that's just a... Um, um, the, the, the translators of the King James should have done a better job uh, here. And so the word, the word saved there is the Greek word sozo. And this is kind of where we got to uh, last week too. Uh, and so uh, this Greek word uh, sozo, it means we, we often see it translated as saved, right? And so, and, and that's fine. In the context of, of, of that word, it's fine. But really the word saved, the word sozo just means deliverance from something, right? Deliverance from something. And so uh, there, there are three primary uses of the word sozo. And so let's, let's just see what the Word of God says because in any translation, what you have to do is you have to look at the context of, of how that word is being used in that, in that sentence or in that paragraph. And then that's how you should have translated it. So if, if uh, James, going back to James, if it says, if, if, if any of you are sick, right? And that word sick means, you know, seriously sick, right? So not a toe ache or headache, but really seriously sick beyond your ability to, to handle it. Uh, then the context is 
in healing, right? Physical healing. Is any among you sick? Not sick spiritually, not sick, you know, in your soul. Those aren't really, there's no biblical doctrine for sick, uh, spiritual sickness. No biblical doctrine for, for sickness in your soul. Uh, there is biblical doctrine for sickness in your physical body. Uh, and, and so the translator should have looked, well, in the whole counsel of God, the only time it talks about sickness is in relation to your physical body. So then uh, where it says, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, they should have translated the prayer of faith should, uh, shall heal the sick. Amen. <clears throat> and, and we'll find out, we'll see. Now they did it other places, right? Must have been a different committee that translated on James chapter 5. Uh, but here, let, let's look at, uh, just real quick, Ephesians chapter 2, and we'll look at some examples of this verse here so we understand uh, the word sozo, right? The word sozo, again, means deliverance, but it means deliverance in three different, in three different ways. Uh, let's talk about here in Ephesians 2, 8. Uh, it says, uh, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So uh, in, in that context, then it's clear that this word saved here, this Greek word sozo, is talking about the born-again experience, right? You're not a child of God. You're not a Christian. Uh, and you want to be, though. Uh, uh, so how do you do that? Uh, for, for by grace are you saved through faith. And so you can do that. Uh, we're, we're, we'll read that. And uh, to continue that, let's turn back to uh, common verses here in Romans chapter 10. <clears throat> so in Romans chapter 10, and we know these verses, right? These are common verses. Uh, it says uh, in verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Well, that, Greek, that word saved there is the Greek word sozo, right? Uh, and the same thing down in verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So uh, in these contexts in Ephesians 2, 8 and Romans chapter 10, uh, 10 verses 9 and 13, that's all the same Greek word for sozo, and it's all clear from the context that he's talking about spiritual salvation, right? That you're saved spiritually, uh, and really, uh, we read this morning about, in John chapter 3, about a man must be born again. It's your born-again experience, but it's everything else that comes along with that. Now you have access to the kingdom of God. You're on your way uh, to uh, your eternal destiny set in heaven. So sozo so, uh, in receiving the Lord is really the whole package deal, being born again is what happens to your spirit spe specifically. So, <clears throat> so the, the Greek word sozo can be used to, to reference your born again experience. You're entering into the kingdom of God, right? You're entering into the church of the Lord Jesus uh, on a permanent basis. So it can be used that way. Uh, let, let's look at, um, let's go to, to uh, Matthew chapter 8 and look at the sec let's look at the second one, second use of this word. <clears throat> So, uh, and, and that's fine, right? And you can tell that by reading the context of how this word was used, right? Uh, and so, uh, in, um, in Matthew uh, chapter 8, let's start down here in, uh, in verse 23. It says, When they entered the ship, the disciples followed him, and behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waters, but he, but he Jesus, was asleep. And his, his disciples came to him, and awoke him and saying, Lord, save us, we perish. Now, what are they asking for salvation from? Are they asking to be born again? Lord, you know, right now, in the middle of the storm, we, just, we, want, we want to receive you as our Lord and Savior. Is that what they were asking? No, that's what they were asking. They were, what were they wanting to be saved from? 
the storm, right? I mean, is that obvious? It's kind of obvious, right? Uh, and so, of course, Jesus said, your little faith, and he rebuked the storm and did that, uh, took care of it. But their request was deliverance, not from a spiritual standpoint, right? Uh, but deliverance from this physical harm that they were experiencing or they could have experienced if it continued. And so the Greek word sozo means, again, it means deliverance, but you have to read the context of what, what type of deliverance is, is, it, uh, uh, is it intending to be used, right? And so here they're wanting deliverance from or protection from and removal from the destruction of the, the, the wind and the waves. We're in, cha- we're in chapter 8. Let's turn over to chapter 14 real quick. Uh, and uh, down to uh, verse, uh, uh, well, we don't have time for everything, right? Um, let's, let's go to uh, verse 28. Now, this is when Peter was about to walk in the water. It says, Peter answered him, said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. On the water. See, uh, Peter knew that he needed a word from the Lord before he could move in faith. Because your faith is attached to the word of God. Amen? So, Peter said, I'm just going to walk on water. What, based on what? You got no word for that. You got no unction from the Holy Spirit to do that. Uh, you just want to do that. But Peter knew if the Lord speaks it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. And, and so he said in verse 29, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. So he did, he did a pretty good job. Amen. People give Peter a hard time. How much uh, steps have you taken walking on water? Mm-hmm. And so, but when he saw the wind boisterous, and he was afraid and began to sink. And he, uh, and he cried, saying, Lord, what? Save me. What Greek word do you think that word saved is there? Sozo. Still the same Greek word, sozo. Again, in the, in the same context as Matthew 8 was talking about, save from destruction of na- the natural world, Peter's asking for the same thing. Save me from the destruction of drowning here, right? So, so uh, in, in, Ro- in, in Ephesians and Romans, it was talking about salvation of, the, of, of, uh, of your spirit man, right? The salvation experience. In uh, Matthew 8 and 14, it's talking about salvation from the natural world and disaster, right? Uh, and so uh, let's turn over then to um, uh, Matthew, uh, well, we're in chapter, let's go back to chapter 9. Uh, and so uh, he said, in verse 20, uh, Matthew 9, 20, And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years and came behind him and touched the hem of his garment, for she said within herself, if, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. So now uh, that Greek word whole there is again the same word so-so. And you can go to, you know, now some translators, they just got an attitude, right? They're just, they, they, I'm just translating, you know, it only means this. <clears throat> and they'll, in many translations will Say, I, that I shall be saved. Why did you do that? Because it's got, they got no faith, right? Because the Greek word is so-so, and it has, it, it has a definition of being saved from destruction, but you've got a, what, what kind of destruction are you talking about? This woman here, what, what did she, what was her issue? What did she need, being, what did she need saving from? The sickness and disease. So it had been perfectly fine and more accurate to say, I shall be healed, right? And we'll see where that Greek word is actually used for the word healed. Uh, but it says in verse 22, daughter, uh, Jesus turned about, when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Uh, thy faith has made thee whole. Again, that's, that word whole there is so-so. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Again, so-so. But you know, she, she's got an issue of blood. I mean, 
would you have said she'd made whole from the issue of blood? Who would say that phrase? Who would say it that way? Nobody would say it that way. You can say she was healed from that issue of blood. That would have been a more accurate uh, translation. And it would have been perfectly fine without changing anything, right? Same Greek word, but in this case, uh, she needs deliverance from physical sickness, right? I want, I want to be free from the sickness, this physical sickness that is trying to destroy my life, right? The winds and the waves are trying to destroy Peter and the disciples. The, the lack of salvation is trying to destroy every human being on the earth. And so now the, 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 heal, the sickness here is trying to destroy this woman's body and she wants salvation from that physical sickness and disease or really she wants healing from that physical ailment, amen? Uh, and so I shall be whole or I shall be so-so. Uh, and so uh, that, that's, uh, that's one instance that we're going to look at. We're going to look at actually uh, a couple more instances of this. Uh, uh, if you've got just a minute, we'll finish this up. In Mark chapter 5 here... <clears throat> So in, in Mark chapter 5, uh, let's start down here in, um, where do we want to start? Um, let's start, um, well, let's start in verse 23. Uh, well, let's start in verse 22. And behold, uh, there cometh out of the ruler of, of the synagogues, uh, Jairus by name. When he saw him, he fell down at his feet. Talking about falling at the feet of Jesus. And besought him greatly, saying, My daughter uh, lieth uh, at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay hands on her, that she may be healed. Uh, and she shall live. Now, the, the translators translated this word sozo correctly, right? Because she, she's at the point of death, uh, and she is grievously ill. <clears throat> and so what does, what does someone who is at the point of death because of sickness need? They don't need to be born again, right? I mean, it'd be great to get born. If they're not born again, it'd be great if they got born again. Uh, but they need to be healed, Amen. And so the translators chose to use the correct word in this case that she may be healed, right? Uh, and so that's, a, that's the same word, right? So they could have used that exact same word, healed, in James chapter 5. Same Greek word. So why, why didn't they do that? Well, I don't know. You know, I wasn't there. You know, that's, that's many hundred years ago. I'm not really that old, right? Uh, and so I do know, you know, if you go back to Isaiah 53 and 4, where it talks about, um, uh, uh, well, 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 we'll look at that another time, right? Uh, the translators who, who translated those words, and they didn't want it to em, uh, emphasize healing, so they, they used uh, different words for that because they were just basically chickens. They said, well, we can't do that. If we, if we translate it as, you know, that, that, he, uh, that uh, uh, he'll heal your body of sickness and disease, he said, we're going to play right into the hands of those who believe in healing. That's what the word says, right? I mean, so, uh, so we're not going to do that. Uh, and so... And you can look it up, right? It's in the RSV translation for Isaiah 53, uh, 3 and 4. Uh, and so, or 4 and 5 there also. <clears throat> and so, so the same Greek word healed right here. And uh, let's look at uh, in Luke, uh, Luke chapter 18. And then, um, so what's the point? The point is that this Greek word can be used in three different, three different uh, connotations. It always means deliverance, but what are you being delivered from? It depends on the context of the, of the verses around it to tell you what you're being delivered from, right? Uh, and so here uh, in, um, uh, this is at Luke 18, uh, let's start in verse um, 41. This is with uh, 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 blind Bartimaeus here. Uh, and it says, Jesus says, uh, what will you that I should do unto you? Which I always think is a funny, right? What do you think? Of? He's blind, right? Mm -hmm. So what would you like? Uh, 
you know, uh, he could say, well, I don't want a cheeseburger, you know, I, I, I'm blind. I, I want to be healed, right? Uh, but, you know, the Lord also wants you to express faith, too. So that's why he asked him the question. And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said, receive thy sight. Thy faith has saved thee. So again, why do they use the word saved there? He wasn't saved, like, from destruction, for protection from the storms like uh, the, the disciples were. He wasn't born again here. Uh, what, what was he saved from? Well, he was saved from the destruction of his eyes, right? From the destruction of his lack of sight. <clears throat> and so uh, it should have been translated, receive thy sight, thy faith has uh, healed you. You're, but see, that sounds pretty aggressive. You mean your faith can get you healed? 100% your faith can get you healed, right? And that's the way we should be reading these verses. My faith, because he said your faith, not, my, not the faith of the Lord Jesus, but the faith of the blind man. Your faith is what got you, is what got you healed, uh, right? And so we saw uh, back uh, in uh, Mark how they used the correct word healed there. But the translators, you know, they just sometimes people think that they're, they're going to be um, uh, fanatical in translating it the most accurate way. And so we're going to kind of water it down a little bit and say saved because it's kind of mushy. You don't really know what that means. Uh, but you all know what it means. He got healed, right? He could see. Because uh, it, it says immediately he received his sight. So immediately he was what? He was healed. So they should have said uh, that faith has healed you because that would have been a, the most correct uh, translation. Now, it's not just the King James. You know, many translations will translate it the same way. Many translations will only translate sozo as saved and never put the correct uh, the the correct uh, deliverance word for the context of those verses. Because to them, it's fanatical to say that you're going to get healed. And yet, what happened to the blind man? He got healed. What happened to Jairus' daughter? She got healed. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, it, it's just, just kind of odd, right? Uh, and we'll look at one more in Acts chapter 14. So this is uh, with Paul, right? And then we'll go. Uh, so uh, all of us really going back to why, why uh, Dr. McCrossan was studying about uh, James 5 is because some people are saying, well, you know, uh, that's not talking about physical healing because the Greek word sozo is only used for spiritual salvation. And yet we've looked at several cases, same exact words, several cases where the, where the context is clearly talking about something other than spiritual salvation, right? <clears throat> and so, but why do they do that? Because they're trying to remove the supernatural from the church saying it doesn't apply. It only applies to the spiritual things. You can't get saved from any natural things. And yet, we're, we're reading here multiple scriptures, not one, not two, but multiple scriptures that's saying the exact opposite of that doctrine. Amen? And so the Word of God, you know, to me, I don't have to be a defender of the Word of God. The Word of God defends itself. Amen? I don't have to argue the case. It just it clearly, you just look at the, what, the, uh, uh, what the scriptures tell us. Amen? So here in Luke four, uh, uh, Acts 14, um, Let's see, where do we want to start? Uh, we want to start in, um, where am I at? Do we want to start in verse 9 there? Uh, well, let's start in verse, uh, verse 7. And there they preached the gospel. So what's the good news? If you're sick, what would be good news to you? God's your healer. If, you, if, you're, uh, if you're not saved, what would be the good news for you? God will save you, right? If you're, uh, if you're uh, being attacked all the time uh, by things you know, by destruction, what would be good news for you? That the Lord will deliver you out of all your afflictions. Uh, and so he said, there was a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak. Well, what was he hearing Paul speak? The good news. God will heal your body. God will protect you. God will deliver you. God will save you and set your eternal destiny in heaven. Who steadfastly beholding him 
and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. Well, so Paul looked at him, and he could see the man's faith, right? Now, other times we saw where, uh, where Jesus said he saw their faith. You can see people's faith. You, if you have uh, spiritual perception of any kind, you can see people's faith. Paul saw that he had faith to be what? To be healed, right? Uh, and so Paul said uh, with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and he walked. So what, were, what happened to the man? He got healed, right? Uh, and that's, and of course, the translators, again, same exact Greek word for sozo, uh, but uh, they, cor they correctly translate it here because in the context, what's a crippled man need? Need to be healed, right? He doesn't need salvation from the storm. That's great. There's no storm. I, I'm, I can't go to the storm because I'm crippled. I can't go to the boat because I'm crippled. I need to be healed. <clears throat> and so uh, the, the correct word to translate here into the English would have been the word healed, and they used the correct word. And so all of that to say that when people make the argument that, well, James is talking about, the, it says the prayer of faith shall save the sick. It's talking about it shall bring salvation or the born again experience to the sick. That's great. That's not what the sick are trying to get, right? The sick are trying to be made well. The blind man wanted healed. The man at Lystra wanted to be healed. The, 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 uh, the, the uh, Jairus' daughter wanted to be healed. Physically healed, right? In this natural world, physically healed. And, and if you look at the whole counsel of God, it's perfectly consistent, right? The use of the word saved or the use of the word sozo, since it has those three primary definitions, is consistently used in the context of ever it's used. And it's used 118 times in the New Testament, and it's, and it's consistently used in the Greek. But sometimes the English translators, you know, it's like, oh, it makes us a little nervous to be so fanatical, say so you'd be healed. I mean, we don't say that. That sounds just kind of radical and so let's just kind of dumb it down a little bit and just say the general word saved right because that's the general definition of the word sozo is generally saved but saved from what what's the context that they're being saved from then that should decide for you what what greek word uh, what english word you should translate from that greek word amen now i'm not a bible i'm not a greek scholar right uh, uh but i can look up uh, a uh, a dictionary amen I can read a dictionary, and so <laughs> this is not rocket science, amen? Translating the Word of God from Greek to English made rocket science because you get on to verb tenses and all that stuff. <clears throat> and there are people that God's gifted to do that. That's not my gift, amen? Uh, but I can look up these, you know, I can look and read a thousand scriptures to, to find the context of it, though. That, that is my gift, amen? <clears throat> and so, so all that, when people say James wasn't talking about uh, uh, physical healing, just say, so, oh, really? So Sozo's never used for he physical healing? And you get them in a trap. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, okay, well, let's you read that verse right there. You know, read that verse right there. Right? All these verses we just read, just get them. You don't even have to argue. Just let them read the verse. We'll read that verse. What are they talking about, right? Uh, and so uh, if, if, the, if, uh, if any among you sick are calling for the elders of the church, what is their faith being applied to? Getting healed, right? I mean, if they're sick, and more than anything else, I'm on a ham sandwich. You'd be like, what's wrong with you, right? Don't you want to be healed? I don't know. That was an, is that an option? Is that on the menu? Can I get that? Uh, ham sandwich and some healing, right? Can I, can I get both of them? Uh, and so, praise God. We'll, we'll continue there. Uh, we're getting close to the end of that division there. Uh, but, um, um, but I just wanted to spend a little time, especially on that Greek word, because the examples that, that Dr. McCrossan used, you know, uh, you know, he didn't have access to the computers like we got today. I can just... Click, 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 and I get, you know, a thousand scriptures there. Uh, and so uh, I thought it'd be good to go through and look at a little bit more detail about the Greek word there. 
uh, and get some background on it. Amen. And we'll pick up where he, uh, where he left off next week. Amen. Let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you for your word. <clears throat> and, Father, we thank you that, that we have access to, to the fullness of the word sozo, Father. We can be saved uh, in the sense of being born again on our way to heaven. Father, we can be saved from, from physical destruction and harm, Father, and storms and winds and waves. And, Father, yes, we can even be saved and to be healed from sickness and disease. Father, you, you used a word like that with, the, with a specific intent. Uh, you were not being mushy, Father. You were not being uh, uh, vague. You were being very specific. I want, I want my people to have access to complete and total safety in every area of their life. And so, Father, if that's what you desired, then that's what we can have. And so, Father, we thank you that the word of God is clear. And we give you the praise and the honor for these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. The Lord is good. Amen. That's always a good study right there. You know, I think that's a good, uh, good to review those particular uh, uh, verses there related to that, to that particular word. Uh, and so uh, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. Um, <clears throat> there, there's a lot of people attacking the faith of the word of God. And I just don't, I don't know why, you know, I mean, I mean, I know generally why, because there's a devil in the world and the devil hates faith, right? And he hates for people to be happy in this earth. Uh, but, you know, you don't have to be that way. People who do say those things, they don't have to say those things. So come ahead, Mr. Jared, receive the offering. <clears throat> um, but like I said, this book was written about a hundred, close to a hundred years ago, a little bit uh, more than a hundred years, a little bit less than a hundred years ago. Uh, but... Um, <clears throat> Uh, in every generation, there's people that rise up and who are always trying to dispel and get rid of faith, right? It's like right now, the, the, you, you go talk to certain people about the faith for finances, and they will think that you're a heretic for believing in, in prosperity, right? Uh, and, and yet, um, uh, I'll um, be happy all the way to the bank, amen? Right. And so, <laughs> praise God. We'll be blessed. Have a wonderful weekend, Lord, and we'll see you on Wednesday.